Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of the Disc Golf Answer Man. I'm Bobby Cool, Daddy Slick Breeze, and I with me my amazing co-hosts Eric Oakley and Robert McCall. For our YouTubers, we're on a couple hours earlier. We're trying something different just to see if we can capture some different audience, new audience, uh, the same audience, people that keep saying they want to watch um, reruns of the office rather than watching us. So we thought if we were on earlier. Maybe they'll, they'll join us. No, we're back. And we were, we were I here. La- yeah. Last week it was uh, me and Rod. Did me, you, me and you do it, Robert? Last yeah, week, it was just last me week? and you yeah, last just week. Me and you. Yeah, so it was way better. I mean, the ratings were but, uh, super high. Um, and uh, peak attendance. Yeah. Peak attendance. <laughs> and you know how they have the hockey stick effect. I mean, we just had that hockey stick effect mm-hmm. on the graphs so as, as far as total Straight view count. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, overall uh, listener satisfaction was way up. So I get it. I get it. Facts. I don't know that it has anything to do with you not being on there, Eric, but no, it's just a coincidence, crazy though. coincidence. Eh, I mean, <laughs> eh. we need to, te- we, we should test this theory. <laughs> we should test this. Yeah. Theory. <laughs> yeah. And then you go, I'm out. But click. also I'll just be, I'll just be still on the show, but watching. Nice. Just, just watching it just to see. <laughs> just, All right. So we don't have a whole lot of questions. Of course, did any, okay. I feel bad, but, was there an event the, over the weekend? Was there? There was. There wasn't a there's no, culture, no right? major event. Oh, okay. There was just okay, good. Then I, maybe uh, two USDGC qualifiers um, and some other small events. Lexington, yeah, three hundred three. Goat Hill. I had an event over the weekend though. What'd a you pickleball have? event. Yeah, tell us about it. I played a pickleball tournament um, with uh, my the guy I've been playing with down here. Hurt his knee a few weeks ago. And, um, so I played with, uh, another friend that I met up in temple, our first, like we probably played two or three games together before this period. Um, so we lost our first match. Uh, we were just kind of out of sync, making bad decisions in general. So we went to the losers bracket and after like an hour wait, then we were on the court for a three and a half hours straight, just playing the next loser bracket game, next loser bracket game and just beating people one by one by one by one, just working our way back up. So we worked our way all the way back to the gold medal match, which was sick. I think we won like six or seven in a row to do it. Then, um, <clears throat> then since we were coming from the losers bracket, we play a best of three. Um, and then if we win that, we play one game to 15. Well, we won the best of three and two. We freaking worked them and it was sick and they were pissed. Uh, but we were freaking exhausted because we'd been on the court for three and a half hours. So we got to the game to 15 and me, my partner and I were pretty, uh, pretty wiped and we lost that. So got silver though. That's pretty sweet. Not bad, dude. Yeah. For the first time playing with this bro, uh, he was great. Stands awesome. Uh, lefty and he hammers the ball. Like when he puts it away, he swings harder than, I mean, twice as hard as anybody on the court and it just does stuff. Yeah. So I, I just played real patient and just tried to set him up. And then when that worked, it was like, oh, that's good. Oh, nobody's touching that on the way back. So, uh, yeah, it was a blast, man. We had a good time. Nice. I actually watched a little bit of pickleball um, over the weekend. That yeah, there's a couple tournaments this weekend. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. That's crazy watching those professionals. Oh, my gosh. It. Yeah, they're unbelievable. I mean, similar skill level to what I'm playing at, professional to, the, to, to my level. So it's pretty much the same. Oh, so it's not, it's It's not the same in case you're listening and you can't determine whether I'm being honest or not. So, uh, let's see. So last week we, me and, um, Robert made a bet about Calvin and Eagle and who would win a major. Oh yeah. 
right? Uh, oh, me and Robert. Uh, who who would who would win in, uh, a major first between Cal- Calvin or Eagle? Right, and someone Cal- Eagles won a major. Yep. The the next major though. That's not what we said. The next major between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, Calvin has I couldn't remember. Hand. I couldn't remember if Eagle had won one. I thought he had, but I wasn't a hundred percent. So what uh, did he? Was it European Open? He won Konopiche. Australian Open. Konopiche. Yeah, tell Robert you want to pick between Calvin and Eagle. You won the pick because Eagle won the Australian Open. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So that doesn't count. Yes, these are majors. That's true. I would like to make this bet for future majors. You just don't want to pay up towards. No, no, it's like it's okay. Just take like all right from now. Who wins? The, right. Who wins the next major okay, between the two I'll of them? Give you that. Actually, and I had I, no idea I, until people I, pointed it out to me. They sent me messages. Right. I, like I look, put, I put money on on Vinny just simply simply because Eagle's going to be out for a little bit. Uh, the next the next major he comes back to, he'll have maybe maybe a month worth of lead up to practice and maybe might not even be able to play depending on what um uh what he decides so calvin will have more shots at majors and uh vinny played ddo so he knows the courses that we just played gives him mm-hmm. the upper advantage at, uh, at worlds um u.s goes to eagle he's always been very close um but also as vinny actually no that's a pretty i'd say that's a pretty even split um going to d glow next year for champions cup nod's got to go to eagle so i yeah i actually it's pretty split just to i think it's all dependent on eagle getting healthy yeah that's 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 what it came down to for me it's like when they're both 100 man i don't know whose ceiling is higher like they're both just unbelievable, but right now Eagles just had a nagging injury, and I think Calvin's like right there. So that's that's what it was for me. Uh, speaking of bets, did you guys see the uh, the uh, Kentucky Derby eighty to one? Yeah, whoa, that was nuts. That's, that's crazy, though. Did you see the? Did you see the? Like the finish and everything. Where that's he came that's from? how I learned about it. There was some video on uh, either TikTok Worth or Reels. Watching Robert. But it Absurd. was, it was, I'll have to find it, but it was a top down view. So you got to actually mm-hmm. watch as, what was his name? Rich Tex or Rich Takes? Rich something. Rich anyway, he was like way behind and you could just watch him just weaving in and out of the horses. And then just even in the final stretch, he still had a ways to go. And the announcers, you know how I, toward the end, they're just like, and it's Bula, and it's Bula. And all of yeah. a sudden, like right at the end, it's like, and it's Rich Tex coming from the inside. Oh, oh my wow. God. I mean, it was. Yeah, 80 to 1 odds. And I found out, I read the story about it, and that horse wasn't, or they they were an alternate, or they're, however it works, they weren't in the race until a day or two before when another horse had had, uh, had to uh, oh, wow. be pushed out or something. Oh, man, and I was going to say that, something really I shouldn't have. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. Um, and so that that was like a chance thing where they, they were, weren't sure they were going to be able to race, and they just... They, they did and they practiced for it and, and all that. And it was crazy. It's crazy. That's awesome. And, and because I, I bet $200 on them. So that's cool too. You did? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that, that'd be a pretty yeah. dang good payout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Inside joke here. <laughs> um, so, all right. Well, now that we got everybody in here, we're doing good. Someone gave us a thumbs down. We appreciate that. 
Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> Appreciate that. We'll go ahead and jump into the questions. <laughs> I mean, that's just uh, on brand. Just give us the thumbs down. Right. Then I'll, I might as well hit him with peaking. it. Uh, hit him with it. All right. So uh, let's see. Maybe I, I wonder if the thumbs down is Zach. Probably. Because of the title of my... <laughs> He noticed. Um, So anyway, so what prompted the title of the today's episode is this question from Matt. During the last round of Jonesboro Open, Calvin had Zach Melton as his representation slash caddy. Do you think that manufacturers will begin to restrict who can caddy for their sponsored players, thus not allowing other manufacturer manufacturer sponsored players to represent their brand while following their players on coverage? Thank you guys. Love the show. Um, I would say this is you're thinking too much into it, overthinking this. Um, Matt, I get your question. I get the logic behind your question. I totally get where you're coming from with it. So I don't think it was a, uh, quote unquote, like dumb question, but I think that you're just overthinking. I can't, I can't imagine a manufacturer Mm -hmm. not allowing some, a friend or somebody else, uh, caddy for them. What are the, go ahead. There's no way there's, there's just no way. Like anybody who's like, like, yeah, and we're going to sign you, but like your friend, your homie that can help you play better. Like he's not with us. So don't let him caddy. Like, it's like you immediately be like, yeah, I'm good. I'll go to another company. <laughs> like at that point, that's just like such a silly, um, uh, would be a silly nuance to have in your yeah. contract. Of, yeah, like yeah. I understand trying to stay on brand, but uh, I think that defeats what disc golf is about. And it's that family camaraderie uh camaraderie uh in inclusive um nature to disc golf is what people want and the fans seeing that it's better for innova and for dynamic in that situation to see them together both companies win which is good doc zen says they wouldn't let kristen's daughter with the card i could see them not letting other sponsored players caddy that's completely that's completely that's that's, that was a rule a PDJ yeah. rule that because she was under 13 that they should she couldn't be caddying for him. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a rule. That's not a like a uh, yeah. yeah, a branding thing. Yeah. That's a different thing entirely. Um however, if Zach wasn't caddying for Calvin, we wouldn't have seen him and Joy Tamale make those hilarious faces after uh Calvin's <laughs> drive on 18. That's like that's one of my best that's one of my favorite clips of the year because like those are the sort of shots that Calvin pulls off where he lets the disco and you're like, okay, it's going to land. Okay. It's going to, Oh, okay. That's 200 feet past everybody else. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. wow. Insane. Cool, man. Yeah. In, through a gap takes, takes what's like, I don't know, the hardest or second hardest hole on the course and just makes it like, Oh, here's so, a wide open. So approach. simple. So simple. Yeah. Cool. It was a, pretty sick yeah so but to the question of the show but i mean i will say i i will say this though just about zach i mean i don't ever want him to caddy for me right these are the facts um and (laughs) on the other side of that when zach got onto team dynamic uh when i was uh, when i was team manager there i caddied for him a couple times and we had a real curse for a little bit like anytime that i was on his bag he played terrible um and so it took until like, I don't know. I think we were, were together for three events where he played bad and uh, I caddied for him once at worlds and he got 10th and I was like, all right, curse is broken. Curse is broken. And we could, we could be friends after that. Nice. Yeah. Well, it looks like Matt's on the board right now. He says, went for a good question and struck out. Still love you guys. No, you didn't strike out, Matt. That was a, 
No, not not at all. Not was, at all. It's just it um, sparks good debate. Yeah. It sparks good yeah, conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, no no shot against you, Matt. It's just I don't think that we would ever see a maybe not ever. Yeah. I don't think that it's likely for us to see manufacturers make that stipulation for players at this yeah. point. Do yeah, you I think I mean unless it's specifically against Zach, in which right. case I I'm in favor. Right. I'm just trying to think of others. I mean, I guess golf was really the only sport that would have a caddy, though. So, and um, they don't. Yeah, yeah but they, no they, other have, they have paid caddies. Yeah. Yeah. The caddy is there. They're together all the time. Almost. Yeah. All right. Next one is from JK in New Mexico. Is wearing a compression elbow sleeve legal while competing in a PDJ tournament? It does seem yep. to aid in snapping one's arm back very quickly. And I couldn't throw wet, well at all without wearing one when my. T- tendonitis is acting up so it could be argued that it is a device which directly assists me to make a throw nope you're good to wear there's i don't see any reason why it would be a hindrance and or a gain if it's to prevent injury it's good like it's like you know, I don't see other sports banning knee braces and elbow braces and ankle braces yeah. and stuff like that. So disc golf won't do anything of the sort. And, uh, you know, most braces are like that and sleeves are it, the, the benefit is minor. It is not, I don't know. It's not throwing the disc for you. Your body is still moving mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a way. So yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, definitely. But do y'all remember that movie called, I think it was rookie of the year where this kid breaks yeah. his arm and it has to be in a cast and then when they Hosen. take it off. Yeah. Rosenbagger. He, yeah. He goes, he goes to play major league baseball because his arm just snaps down and he pitches super duper fast. It's great. I'm great. in for that for if the disc golf version of that. What do I have to hurt to do that? I'm in. Yeah, for sure. That is interesting though, about having a device that assists you. But, All right. Um, well, then get rid of range finders. Oh yeah, okay. that's true. If we're gonna Why? like, if we're gonna really dive into, it, we've talked about it here. It's like range finders should be a practice tool only. They should not be allowed during uh, uh, competitive play. Because di- or golf I, doesn't allow it at all, right? You can. I they mean, do they don't even not not during right, not during, during competition. Right? They can use them during a, they can use them during practice rounds to make notes. Uh, for me, I think it's it's less of a competitive advantage and more of a time question. So mm-hmm. I don't mind the competitive advantage if if one person can use them and everybody can use them, no problem. You could get a a decent enough rangefinder for a hundred dollars and it, it's just fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But if if you're shooting every target every time, that time starts to add up. So you've got to be pretty quick with the rest of your throw. Because, I mean, that's yep. not it's not a five second process to locate your rangefinder, get it out, acquire the target, make sure it's actually reading it, hit it a couple of times. It could take a little bit. Yeah. So what would you so say? There's, oh, go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. No, I was just going to uh, say. I'll, no, you go. Hmm? No, you. <laughs> I'll stop. Go. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, I was just going to mention if we improve caddy books as well, you'll need uh, less use of rangefinders. And this is where a lot of caddy, a lot of um, golf courses that are played on the PGA Tour, there are markers and references and uh, things and the caddy books are really, really well done to the point where they understand 
distances a little bit better. It's when you're in between those is whenever you have to have your notes and check and and that's why they do that in practice. So that to me leads us in that direction of if we can improve some of the other spots where the caddy books are now presented by Bushnell. So now I, and that's the one part that I don't want to 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 disregard here is Bushnell is coming in to being one of our best sponsors. I don't want to disregard them from being a part of our sport because we shouldn't have them at pro, pro level competition, but you know, every caddy book is sponsored by Bushnell and you know, all the distance were checked with the range finder, so on and so forth. That is a better thing we could make use of in uh, to, to not lose out on that. I, it would be, yeah, that's where my brain goes, I suppose. Yep. For sure. Super quick in the chat. I see Reese said, do some pros prefer to not have a caddy? Yeah, I think uh, there, there are quite a few because <clears throat> so here's like, here's what's untold about the the downside of having a caddy, right? There, there are a couple of reasons that you wouldn't want to one. And I think this is probably the most often stated reason and probably the least likely to be accurate reason is that a lot of pros say that they like the rhythm of having their bag on their shoulder, taking it off, putting it down, picking their disc, you know, like the, it just keeps them in rhythm. I I think, I think that's probably the least likely reason because they just don't want to tell people like, Hey, I don't want to have to interact with you during, <laughs> during the entire round. And yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Like there are some people like <clears throat> there is a difference between carrying your bag and not for me, it's always been beneficial to not carry my bag just because I've got more in my legs left at the end of the round. However, I've almost always had caddies that I know uh, personally and that we kind of t- talk ahead of time. Like, Hey, this is what I need. This is what I don't. And when we've done that, things have been great. Um, I've had one or two caddies from time to time. And I think this is probably the pros experience um, that uh, the reason that they wouldn't want one is sometimes caddies try to do too much, right? They, they get, get in the way, um, make comments about the type of shot that they should have thrown or um, what they should have been looking at. Or the worst one that ever happened to me was I was in a final nine and uh, one of the guys who was walking with me, he wasn't my caddy, but he was r- walking right next to him was like, Hey, and <clears throat> on this hole earlier today, um, you know, there's all this space over here. I threw into this tree on the right and took a bogey <laughs> in the middle of a final nine. Guess, guess what I did. You know, like don't, don't put that, that mental image was nowhere near my head until, yeah. until you said that. So there, there is a fine line caddying, between like not pointing out danger unless it's obvious and we need to talk about it um and just saying the right thing i uh, caddying is tougher than i think a lot of people think mm-hmm. and so it's for me it's understandable that some pros just don't want to deal with the risk of that right i will i will generally ask if i want something from them if yes. i if i start the conversation and it seems like I'm asking for advice on shots and, or to discuss the game plan. Perfect. Um, Great. And there's another part of, of I, if I'm having a caddy, I want that caddy for all of my rounds as well. Yeah. The rhythm throughout the tournament is another important thing where I've had people say, do you want me to caddy for you final round? I'm like, I'm good. If I don't have you for the first two days or three days, I'll be fine. Like I will be in a rhythm at that point. 
And there are times where it doesn't really matter if I'm not playing well. I'm just like, sure, hop on the bag. We'll laugh and we'll make the most of it. But it, it's the ebbs and flows of it for sure, where you need to figure out what you want. And general rule of thumb, if you're going to be a caddy, just shut up. Just like legit. Don't 100%. say anything. Put your bag back there. Let them talk to you because uh, I've had situations where caddies have actually talked while people are throwing. Mm. And that's been that. And then that's on me. Like it's yeah. a courtesy warning on me. So that's another part of it. How many reasons did you have, Robert? What? To, reasons to not be a caddy? Yeah. I don't know. I think you said three. So yeah, maybe uh, number four would be is if you're Zach Melton. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the correct. Nailed it. Nailed it. See, the thing is like for for me too, especially if it's a friend of yours, you know, like Zach caddying or for Calvin. They've spent enough time together that Zach knows what Calvin needs to hear in a moment like that. Like he knows that they probably don't want to talk about the shot. Calvin knows what he's going to throw. If anything, like Zach's going to be there to kind of keep things light, you know, tell him a joke so that he doesn't really feel the weight of the situation or something like that. Or just Mm -hmm. like, like Eric said, not say anything and just walk next to the guy, you know, um, there is, yeah, there's a really fine line between, doing too uh, like between doing great and then doing too much. Yeah. I would way rather you err on the side of doing too little, put, put the yep. bag on the back, Agreed. walk next to me. Um, make, make sure that when I'm ready to throw the shot, we're, we're next to each other. That is way better than asking questions, making recommendations, commenting on other players shots. Just we're here together, me and you, that's it. And the, I mean, the other thing is that Zach in, in that specific scenario, Zach and Calvin are good friends. So yeah, Calvin is, it, I, I'm thinking for myself that that would give you some sense of uh, normalcy or some sense of yeah. calm having somebody that you're already, you've already hung out that evening or you know that you've hung out at, at different events and you know that you can kid around and stuff like that. And then if I need advice, I'll ask you, but otherwise it's just me and you out, you know, walking the course oh, while playing a, a tournament. We're chilling. Yeah. To to think about it from a advantage standpoint as well is Zach got Zach played the course before Calvin mm. did. So he knows he knows what the wind is like in certain areas from what he's seen. Obviously the wind changes and as we saw the dynamic just open, it doesn't matter what you do in the wind. Um it just has its way with you. Uh, but that that leads to the the point of you can you can gain some really good advantages uh, of of Zach being there. It's like, yo, I was on this green earlier and it was, you know, on the left side, it's a straight headwind putt and it lifted my putt like a lot. So like be, you know, be wary, try and miss to the right. So you have that tailwind putt. So that is. Uh, yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah. So, all right, let's see. Let's go to Kansas disc golfer. This one's for Eric. Oh, hi. I would say, I or no, I'm sorry. I heard Eric say that people came out to watch pros bomb in these courses at the DDO were preventing that. I came to Emporia to watch pros struggle in the wind. There's something about the wind and the OB that really tests your mental strength. And this weekend we saw who has the best mental game. It's easy to have a good mental game when everything is going your way, but when you get an unfortunate skip or the wind blows your OB, blows you OB, what you do after that is what matters. How would you rate your mental game at DDO? Also, hot take. Conrad's tap-in putt that blew out was a bad putt. 
Anyone that's played in these wins could see it wasn't going to stay. He put it nose up and high in the chains. Okay. First so, one, wait, over, 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 go just, ahead before I start. I know. Yep. <laughs> um, this is not a knock against you, Kansas disc golfer at all. Well, not really a knock. I'll, I'll just put it out there. I'm not trying to, I guess it's like, I'm trying to be mean without being mean, I guess. Not be mean without being mean. But I have a, there's a thing it feels like with Kansas and Oklahoma disc golfers that they have a little bit of a uh, nose up in the air when it comes to playing in the wind. I get it. Mm-hmm. You, I used to, I live in Oklahoma. I used to live in Kansas. It gets really windy and I've played in super windy days and I get it. You have to play in those windy days more often than other people, but that it just feels like the, just the tone of his, his, his question. And then seeing he's a Kansas disc golfer, it's almost like there's a little bit of a, uh, I can't describe, I can't think of the word, but kind of like a, Look, we play in the wind all the time, and I'm here. I, all these yeah. pros are complaining about the wind. So, anyway, that may not be your tone, Kansas disc golfer. Just kind of, I've noticed that with people in Oklahoma and Kansas, they're like, it's kind of like tornadoes. I remember the one GBO, there was a huge tornado, and everybody else was freaking out. And everybody from Oklahoma and Kansas was like, what is okay? I'm just, everything's fine. We'll be okay. It's just a little tornado. Yep. Anyway, now you can do Very your safe. thing, Eric. Okay. To start, <laughs> Hard disagree on all accounts because we'll, we'll start with the first point of you wanted to see people struggle. Like, why is that your form of entertainment? First off, I just have a big issue with that as that doesn't make sense. Um, if if you genuinely think every player went out into those wins and was was trying to to throw correct shots and work their way into the wind that they haven't played in some crazy wins before that they have we all have and um it's it leads to the point where in those types of wins a lot of of what happens is taken out of your control and that's the whole part of disc golf of what makes the best players the best players is their ability to control the disc from the moment it releases their hand to the moment it touches the ground or it's in the basket. So that's a part of what we didn't see at the DDO in the first three rounds is what you were watching was people ne- not necessarily, I mean, getting f- fortunate breaks with the wind and bounces into other things. Now, those players who did play well had to throw many really good shots in the wind to get those favorable results. But I watched all weekend or watched players throw great shots and it did not matter. It did not matter. The, the, the whole result was taken out of their control. And that is where that level of wind becomes an issue with dictating our sport. Wind should be a factor. It, it, it should not be the deciding factor. It should be just a part of what we deal with. So that, uh, that comes into it. Do I believe that the courses at DDO um, didn't allow us to showcase people being able to drop bombs and stuff like that? In the conditions? No, it did not. But I do think, and I, I said this on our morning coffee, that I do think the both... Joan Supreme and Country Club, outside of a couple changes and a couple rule things here and there, but that's every tournament we play, they are going to be great courses when the conditions call for it. 
if the conditions like if likely when we go there in the summer uh, or in August, I believe it is for worlds, I would imagine we will see people put up some really good scores and take and kind of take it to those courses just based on that they are attackable, that you that you're going to see uh, the elevated skills that the top professionals have uh, to touch on your next point. Did I have a good mental game? Absolutely, I did. I was, I had, I had one moment where I got frustrated. It was early on, and I immediately, like, put flipped the switch, and it was like, "That's old. That's not who what we're doing. It's not how what we're out here to do." And I continued to play. So, just to 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 say that the best players had the best mental game, and you know they just battled the wind better. It's like. Uh, those two factors are also true, but you're missing a big glaring factor that the wind didn't shaft them like it did other players. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, whenever I felt like I threw shots that were good, that ended up bad was most of, most of them were inbounds, 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 and then blown OB and, or, Oh, I thought it was going, it was on hyzer, but was moving right towards OB. And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in that situation of like I'm throwing most overstable disc on hyzer and it's not even getting left or getting back in bounds I'm I'm at a loss. So a lot of the things that happened to me that made my score worse than it than it could have been were anytime I made a quote unquote mistake or a blunder happened my stuff went out of bounds. My stuff was always adding extra strokes that I could not recover from. Now I believe a lot of the players who played well, they had the same situations happened, but maybe their disc didn't blow OB. Maybe their disc just, oh, caught a tree and stayed short rather and didn't go and didn't end up in a spot to where they were, it wasn't compounding on their scorecards. They were able to salvage their pars due to some good fortune. So that all plays into this factor of I had a great mental game. I felt like I was throwing the disc very, very well. I I had one I had one small streak of where I did not putt the disc well, and that was I missed three circle one putts, and they're all in quick succession. And then I did not miss a single one the rest of the tournament outside of maybe like a really really windy putt, but that was like to be expected. It was outrageously windy. Uh, I mean, I was putting with a zone half the time uh, at the weekend. So to to summarize, I, I think your outlook is similar to what Bobby was talking about on what you're trying to see. Next point, the we need to set wind standards for the PDGA because what we were playing in was not actual disc golf. It becomes a different sport at that point. And lastly, I had a great mental game and I was I I was positive and I did my best, but it it felt like it that did not matter. I could throw the disc well, I could throw the right discs, but it did not matter. So, yeah, what do you guys have to say? Uh, I, I have a quick I question. I should have put the sad face <clears throat> filter on you. <laughs> sad one. <laughs> Just go back and do it because it'll be it'll be yeah, uh, pretty be perfect. Com- like, pretty comical. Oh, it'll be man. perfect. Okay, so I I will I will push back on the wind standard portion, um, just because I think it's I think it's unreasonable to have an event scheduled and ready to go and for people to actually be able to physically play in it, like to not be in physical danger to only be in like score danger. 
right? Mm-hmm. And then to not play the event, right? So, so like I get it if there's a lightning delay, tornadoes, things like that where people are in physical danger, get it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, 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 I think it would be for extreme ex- wind. Golf will delay uh, for extreme wind. De- delay. Okay, I can I can hear that. I th- I thought you were saying like, hey, this it's just going to be too windy today. So we're, we're canceling the round or canceling the tournament. I, I think totally. that would be tough to do personally. Agreed. So something to, to, to back up that point. So you can, I can give you a little more information on my thoughts uh, to that regard of one, the scheduling is atrocious. The, the scheduling of mm-hmm. our events is, is really, really bad. We have this set schedule that we've had for a while and we're running into a couple issues. Events don't want to move weekends because it's been their weekend always. It's like, no, right. mold adapt to change because there is no reason we should be in Kansas in the springtime when the when it is the high, it's such a high likelihood that we're going to have those types of conditions. Hmm. Go to Kansas in the summer. Go to Kansas when, you know, oh, you might have a pop-up storm here and there that'll bring some wind, but at least the the winds are to a manageable level, not to this extreme winds, because that, that's just when it's really windy there. So that's where the schedule is is wrong. Not to, not to mention the fact of what we saw happen of playing a major followed by two back-to-back elite series events uh was was really really poor on on the planning side i understand there aren't many weekends but start us earlier end us later give us give us more gaps and also shift the schedule so we're not in kansas in 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 the springtime if we're in kansas in the summer i don't think there's an issue we could have been in california we could have been in oregon at this time frame What's the issue? Oh, it might be a little cold, rainy, and windy, or not windy, cold, rainy, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all you're going to be dealing with. Fine. I would take cold and rainy over playing in the extreme winds yeah. any day. And that's yeah. where the shit needs to happen. We should be on the West Coast right now to avoid this, to avoid these conditions. And uh, it's, it's, I think it's very doable. I, I know we're going to run into issues with getting a lot of wind in tournaments. It's going to happen, but trying to figure out a standard would, would at least work. But if we're not going to figure mm. out a standard, then fix the schedule. Mm. Trying to find and that. That's my, that's my goal. F- official rule on PDG, um, PGA. Like sometimes For in PGA, ones. the ball will not, will not stay still. I see they have wind delays because there's an article about Jordan Spieth. Is it Spieth or Spieth? Spieth. Spieth. Uh, was doing something during a wind delay of, at the 2015 something or other. Yeah. And I mean, there's something Open to be champion. said too, that uh, disc golf discs are more adversely affected by wind than golf balls are. Um, I mean, just because of their size and the fact that they have a, a dynamic flight, like it can go two ways in one flight instead of just one. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I had never really thought of a, standard like that i i think it'd be difficult to enforce but i do hear what you're saying like well yeah, one if of we the can't, one if of we the can't do that of, why not switch it you know yeah what, one of the pushbacks yeah, I, I had was well what if it's a wooded course where you can't feel the wind and it's not really affecting the play and the, but there's extreme winds it's like do you have to delay then you have it's to like, cancel okay, it then yeah so that's why i would rather start with adjust the schedule mm. 
And then if we continue to have this issue, no matter what, like it's just for whatever reason, we can't get the schedule. Then we start to implement what we think is right. And yeah. uh, that's that's just what it has to be. And I, I again, I, I, I said this to Stephen Story. I said this to Doug Bierkus. I said, stop having the event in the springtime. That's like that is my one qualm. I enjoyed the event. I think the courses are great. I think the courses are going to play very well for Worlds. Uh, I, the only issue is that I wish they had a more wooded course, but it's Emporia, Kansas. That's not you're not going to get a world class wooded course there. There isn't woods to do that. It's just how it is. So, what we have to do is, you know, understand that they have worked really hard. They are going to run a great event, and uh, I think in the summer, in the summer, the courses are going to play fantastically. You're going to see players really showcasing how good of disc golfers they truly are. Right. Yeah, I can, sure. I can find a bunch of articles about different events being delayed, but um, I was just, I was just curious at like what, what sets the standard? What is the standard? Like, in other words, this is a condition we've now met this. So now we have a delay. I couldn't mm-hmm. seem to find it. Someone, someone said something about PJ yeah. will call the ball. We'll call it if the ball cannot sit on the greens because the greens are so fast. When at a certain point will blow the ball off the green. Right. But like, does someone just literally go to a green and put the ball down and say, okay, the wind's blowing the ball. Let's call it off. There's gotta be something. The one there was one article talking about meteorologists and stuff like that, but that's like super technical stuff. I couldn't find any specific rules. So anyway, interesting. Interesting. Cause yeah, when you said wind standards, like I was kind of in the same boat as Rob. I was like, what are you going to cancel an event because of a wind delay? That seems weird. But then when you said PGA has uh, wind delays, I was like, interesting. So Mm Interesting. Um, all right. Next question comes from Andrew. Rules clarification. When you're inside the circle, you can't step putt the traditional way because it advances your advances you past your lie. And the rules state that you have to maintain your balance behind your lie. But is it legal to step into your putt to generate power inside the circle if you maintain balance behind your lie the entire time? Jake Kiebenheimer does it with his horseshoe putt, and it it works. As long as you're maintaining balance behind your lie, you can step into it. You could sprint into it if you could stop yourself if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. You could jump and then land, <clears throat> then putt. Like as long yeah. again, as long as you are maintaining balance behind your putt. Yeah, you could you could plant your elbow as your supporting point behind your lie and putt like that if you wanted to, as long as you didn't touch the ground in front of it after you let it go. Mm-hmm. Go go right ahead. Do you? Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter what happens leading up to the point, as long as when you let the putt go from there, you establish establish your balance behind the uh, behind your line. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try the sprints inside the circle putt, though, and just see how it goes. I mean, if you could, man, if you could figure out how to do it, putt would come out so fast. You'd have to you'd have to let the putt just like just toss it up like you wouldn't even have to move it yeah. forward. You're just using your momentum to push it. Yep. <laughs> I'll make a video. I'll make a video, guys. Right, I want to see a video of that. All right, last question. I, I don't have I don't know if I have good enough knees to stop that quickly, but we're gonna test it out. <laughs> yeah, last question comes from Jake. How do you recover from a bad stretch of holes in a tournament? I find myself imploding after a bad set of holes, only making the bad worse. So this is a question that comes up quite often. It's a good question. It is a very good question because a lot of people go through it. Um, the biggest thing I can think of is what I've heard before is just having short-term memory. Uh, in the goldfish. S- 
Did you say go fish? No, goldfish. Gold oh, be a goldfish. Yes, from Ted Lasso. Um, yeah, just having a, a short term memory. Just you have to learn from it and move on and move on. I mean, you just have to let it go. I mean, and it's not as simple as just, I mean, you can say it, I'm going to let this go, but unless it's something you practice and you do a lot and you have a lot of bad experiences and you train yourself to let go, it's something you have to work on is actually literally, literally letting go of the past and moving forward. Yeah. So I mean, super, super fast, just as, as one thing that you could practice, um, when you have a bad hole it, <clears throat> in your mind, it's like as soon as your disc is in the basket or honestly, like if even if you have a bad throw, as soon as the throw is on the ground, treat it as if it never happened. Like don't talk about it again. Don't think about it again. Like acknowledge where your disc is and then move forward. Like like we talked about um, a couple of weeks ago with Eric, you can say, you know, I, I oh, man, I threw that disc a little low or man, that was a late release. Um, but don't, don't ever say, Oh gosh, that was a bad shot. Or, Oh, Oh man, I'm, I'm just not throwing well today because like not throwing well today, does, like your last shot doesn't dictate your ability to throw the next shot. You always have the same ability to throw a shot regardless of your situation. It's just whether mentally you can allow yourself to do it. Okay. So when you have a bad hole, you tap in a bogey, double bogey, whatever it is. Don't look back at the basket. Don't think about that hole. When you when that score goes down, you say whatever number it is. Say you got a six. They say, Robert, six. On to the next hole. I'm already thinking at that point, what's my target on the next tee shot? I I'm addressing that. Um I'm addressing that hole zero times until after the round is over when I can properly assess it without it having an impact on my score. Right. Um, so yeah, the best thing you can do is just hard reset and, uh, and look forward to the next shot because your potential to throw a good shot is equal to what it was before. Nothing has changed other than your mindset. I think, I think the, uh, the common thing that happens is people forget why they play disc golf. You don't go play disc golf mm-hmm. because you're trying to be be the best player right then and there and you can't you're not allowed to miss and you have to be perfect and all that stuff. That's not why you play. And if that's why you play, I'm sorry, you're going to continually be disappointed because you're not going to be right. perfect. You're you're not you're likely not going to be the best player ever unless you have are you starting really right now and devote your entire life to it. Then you have a chance. But at that point, it's not guaranteed. It's a chance. And so much of what has to happen, you have to, you have to remember that, all right, cool. I, I am learning in this moment. I am getting better in this moment. I am understanding how to become a better player in this moment. And that concept is so often forgotten. It's, it's, it's definitely is is it's just about it's, it's all about it like you have to look at each situation as an opportunity to learn yeah it's okay to be frustrated but you need it needs to be frustrated for a quick moment and then you now need to be uh constructive about what you're going to do next because the next thing you can do has no like what you just did has no basis on what you're going to do now unless un- unless you let it 
And if you let mm-hmm. it, you're setting yourself up for um, uh, for not success, uh, for for failure. So remember why you play. Uh, look to learn from those moments. Um, and I mean, I, I look at Champions Cup as a prime example for me. I had I made multiple mistakes in a row. I bogeyed three holes straight, just bogey, bogey, bogey. But I never got down. I was just like, all right, well, and yeah, you threw a bad approach. You know, that's how you get a bogey. And then what I did was I rattled off four birdies in a row. I don't have those four birdies in a row if I don't, if I keep feeling, uh, if I keep, if I keep that negative thoughts of like, oh, you had a turkey of bogeys like you're stupid blah 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 it's like no it's just like it's all good like, we're gonna go through another shot like yeah like just keep positive keep remembering why you play 100 dude babes Hundo. so true D- throwing this is dope like going out seeing a disc fly is so dope Cool. I was looking through the comments to see what people said. Yeah, a lot of people said, like, uh, Reese said, uh, learn to stop at your acting. Or no, I tend to put my head down and my shoulders slump. Yeah, your body. Uh, you got to watch. Mm-hmm. Even even the, well, yeah, even after the bad shot, you got to watch <laughs> how your, is your head down? Is your, your shoulders down? Because you're, you know, what your, what your, 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 your body is, is showing what you're feeling. And you've got to, like, in a sense, like, get your body back into positive mode so that your brain can be in positive mode as well. So hold your head yes. up, put your shoulders up, put your chest up high. And as Eric mentioned, don't, don't do that negative self-talk. Don't beat yep. yourself up over it. Now learn from it. And I also like what Robert said, where he said, acknowledge your shot. And this is all the, I mean, it sounds weird, but this is stuff that like I've read about in books about everything in life is like, cause a lot of times in me, when I try to be Mr. Motivational, Mr. Everything's great which is good. But a lot of times it'll be like, if I have negative thinking or negative thoughts, it'll be like, stop thinking that negative thought, stop, stop. And I had to learn. Which to, makes you think that negative thought. Right. And it becomes almost mm-hmm. a, what they call a feedback loop from hell. In other words, you're like, you think the negative thought, then you get mad because you're thinking the negative thought. So you're mad at self, yourself for being mad at yourself for having a negative thought. And mm-hmm. so another, a different approach is to validate, acknowledge the negative thought, acknowledge that it did happen. Mm-hmm. sit in it, be with it, be acknowledge it and then move forward because that way you're not double, double negative. You're not, you, you had a bad shot and then you're beating yourself up for the shot. No, acknowledge that you had mm-hmm. a bad shot, acknowledge that something bad happened, sit with it and then tell yourself, okay, time to move on. Yeah. Like looking at DDO, like I said, I, I had one moment where I was frustrated after missing a couple circle one putts and I got frustrated and I said, I was like, Whoa, all right, that's not, we're not going to do that. It's okay. Like we're good. And like, I had to like have that talk with myself in uh, in the moment. And I said like, you know, like right now is like where I'm going to be better. And I went to the next hole threw a good shot and got the birdie. So it was like, it just had to happen, but it, it took, it took some serious time like of, of a lot after like uh, like a lot of last year where you know I was in plenty of moments where I just didn't feel good and then it just I let it compound but you know thinking how I am now like it's 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 so different and you're such an idiot dude what <laughs> stop everyone can hear it 
<laughs> uh, no, but how, how I actually how I actually am now, it's very different. But it took a lot of uh, of, of actual work, and yeah. like Bobby said, I had to. You know, it's okay to be mad. It's okay, but like, don't get mad for being mad because that's just compounds. Just allowing, yeah, exactly, allowing yourself to look at your growth and be better. It's like accepting it's going to be hard. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we have, everybody. We appreciate you sending the questions. Um, appreciate you checking in, watching the show live on YouTube. If you're listening and you haven't been able to watch the show at 7 p.m. Central on Mondays, we're trying something a little different. See how if, if it'll work with everybody's schedule. But we're going live at 5 p.m. Central just to get earlier on a Monday um, so yeah. we can get that in. Subscribe. So check us out. Subscribe. Right, Make sure you subscribe. Uh, we are still 25 away, I think. Or at least we were at the beginning of the 23. show. 23. Nice. We got two subscribers. So 23 away from giving away a Dynamic Discs Combat Ranger bag. Um, that's awesome stuff. Also, I want to give a shout out to all our current Patreon surpri- uh, surprisers. <laughs> Supporters. <laughs> surprise. You're, you're on Patreon. You're on Patreon. Yeah, I got your credit card number. So surprise. Surprise. <laughs> you support us. Uh, no, I was going to give a shout out to our most recent Patron. Who is somebody bring it up? What's his name? Jebediah. Thank you so much, Jebediah, right. for uh, becoming a Patreon supporter on April 29th. We appreciate that. That's the most recent one. So, but a shout out to everybody that's on there as well. Um, appreciate y'all. Uh, let's see. Anything else we guys got? No. No. Good, man. I'm about to go eat dinner and play some pickleball. All right. Think about nice. all my bad shots. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I think exclusively bad shots. So, all right, we'll see you guys Mm -hmm. next week. All right. Take care, meow.